This is The Jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XM OutQ. That was a flock of seagulls with Space Age Love Song. That was one of the songs requested by a, a lovely person who visited during my Periscope this morning. You can uh, have a little bit of a pre-show conversation with us on Periscope every morning. Uh, my name is Larry Flick, right there. And my name is Larry Flick right here, too, on The Jolt, Sirius XM OutQ. I uh, want to thank Greg Scranici for joining us. He was... Um, Still sleepy, so uh, good on him for for being uh, the night owl who got up at uh, an ungodly hour to talk with us. Speaking of, uh, Emerald Lagasse is here, and he looks a lot more perky. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm great, Larry. Thank you. Are you a morning guy? Uh, it depends. I'm a restaurant guy, so I don't know if restaurant guys are really or gals are morning. Not real. Not unless you're a breakfast specialist. Exactly. Right? Exactly. But um, uh, it's such a thrill to have you here. I'm a I'm huge delighted. fan. Thank you. Huge, huge fan of your work. Uh, and um, and uh, Emerald has a new book. It's called Essential Emerald. And this is a really interesting book because it tracks you through, uh, uh, if I have the number right, 120 or thereabouts of his, 130 of his uh, his uh, ultimate recipes, his favorite recipes, um, some of the more influential dishes he's uh, had a hand in in, in creating. But what I really love about this book is the insight. It's the kind of book you actually should maybe have two copies. And here's why. You need one copy that you can get really dirty in your kitchen because a real cookbook isn't a real dirty. cookbook unless it's dirty, right? right? Unless exactly. it has like oil stains. Exactly. And, and you know. Parsley and. Exactly. Right. So you need a dirty, you need one to get dirty in your kitchen. But you, it's, a, it's a great coffee table book. It's also just a really interesting book to read because I'm. I'm uh, often more interested in because um, I'm not the cook in my family. Right. So I'll take this book and I'll hand it to my husband, and he'll yeah he'll pull the recipes out. Exactly. I'm curious to know what propelled you into this very specialized world, and that's to me what's the great thing about this book is that you actually give us uh, a real view into the psychology of of you. Thank you. Um, you know, it's it's as close to a memoir without being a memoir yeah. as it as it as it is. Uh, it's a journey, and the journey for me is about you know uh, approximately thirty years. There obviously not everybody could be in the book as much as I would like to have put everybody in. Not every memory is in the book. Maybe there'll be an essential emerald too. I don't know, mm -hmm. but. This is a lot of people that have influenced me, Larry, mm. through this journey. And a lot of things that have influenced me personally, like there's my version of New Orleans barbecue shrimp in there, which is still on the menu 25 years later at Emeralds in New mm. Orleans. And it was one of the first dishes I created before I opened Emeralds. The banana cream pie with banana crust and caramel. Mm. The second dish that I created over 25 years ago. It's to die for. But then there are... Uh, you know, there's some memories there about Julia Child. Uh, I dedicated the book to my late friend Charlie Trotter, uh, who passed uh, a little over a year ago. And there's some dishes. You know, Charlie and I traveled a lot together to, to school to learn. And um, some of those memories in there of uh, the first time that we, we had the slow-roasted salmon with puree of cauliflower at Freddie Giraudet's restaurant, that... that and these are my interpretations of those dishes, Larry. So they're not copies, 
that basically my interpretations, like there's a miso card in there that I've had miso card at Noble Matsuhisha's restaurant, Matsuhisha in, in Los Angeles, for 35 plus years, right? I, I might have ran it one time as a special at Emeralds, maybe one time, but it's it's not on the menu. It's Nobu's dish, and um, so I wanted to I wanted to pay you know sure. tribute to him. So sure. this is my version of that. And 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 as you go through the book, you'll begin to start seeing this very personal side of of Emerald. Yeah. Um, there's in the beginning uh, conversation that we have about cookware, about cutlery how to stock your pantry. There are cocktails. At the end of the book, you'll see that, you know, not everybody loves sweets all the time. So we talk about cheese, and we talk about the nine or 10 uh, American cheeses that I think have really starting to influence America and where they're produced and how you should eat them. And that was very interesting because you don't think about American cheeses having any influence. Right. So it was a very interesting part. It's funny because as you're talking... It's it's validating what I was thinking as I was reading the book, which is um, you underline the memories of your life with food the way I underline the memories of my life with music. Um, yeah, every every significant moment in my life has a song attached to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, every I hear music constantly, mm-hmm. and as I was reading this book, I thought he is he can. I'll bet you can smell something in your mind's eye all the time. I'll bet you you see people from your past and you think about a dish. Yeah, I dream about food. You dream about food. Yeah. I dream about food too, but probably not the same <laughs> way you do. Um, when did you? When did you? Um, when did you understand? Because we all love food, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, most of us love food. Um, but when did you understand the power of serving food to people? Because it's an enormous emotional impact. It's probably it's probably happened a few times. So it probably I also had a music background. So while I'm you play co- horn, right? I, I I played horns, but I was a percussionist and. Um, I actually turned a scholarship down to music school to pay to go to cooking school. Wow. Um, so I have this attachment, like, as I'm cooking, there's music always going on in, in, in my head as well. Not quite like you, just differently. I understand. And so there was the first connection when I made the decision to not do music and cook. So there was that connection, first of all, that something went off and it was like, okay, and then um, my first experience cooking for Julia Child, I was at uh, a hotel in Boston called the Parker House. And uh, there's a restaurant there, a signature restaurant called Parker's. And I was cooking in that restaurant. And the maitre d' came to us and said that uh, we had a very interesting guest coming to dinner. And her name was Julia Child. And I was freaking out. And How did you not? I made... I went into the dining room to introduce myself, and she asked me if I would make her a dish. Um, and at the time, this is like in the in the 70s, when Novell Cuisine was just like coming about in America. And being my Portuguese background, we used to eat we eat a lot of things from the sea, obviously. But I don't know if you, periwinkles, mm-hmm. you know, the one the periwinkles that stick on the rocks. Sure. So I had childhood memories of, periwinkle and with my family my mom would come home and she would steam them and with the pen so i happened that morning from the fishmonger 
I happened to get like 10 pounds of periwinkles that I was going to do something with. I was originally going to make like a periwinkle butter, but I sort of did this sort of take on what my mom would do for Julia. I actually steamed them in champagne and some aromatics, et cetera, and came out. She freaked out because nobody's ever had the, the, the nerve to ever serve her periwinkles in, in a fine dining restaurant. So why I bring that up is because so there was that connection, right, mm. when you can make people smile by cooking for them, serving them. Um, so there's that connection. And then the big-time connection, obviously, was, you know, I, I, were, I had the pleasure of working for the Brennan family at Commander's Palace in New Orleans for almost eight years. And it was like going to school, going back to school, you know, but I got paid for going back to school. And Ella is an amazing, amazing, amazing restaurateur. Um, and her brother Dick as well, Dottie. But Ella and I had this connection. And she really paved the way of how I was making people happy, really happy, by, by cooking for them and, and serving them. That's lovely. That's lovely. It's Emeril Lagasse joining us here on The Jolt. His new book is called Essential Emerald. It goes on sale today. It's on sale right now. Um, it's so interesting um, to talk about food in, in, in the terms we are because um, we don't often get that opportunity because people you know, talk about you know, taste and flavor. But um, it's, it's uh, no surprise that you do hear music when you cook because the other thing I got from reading the book is you control your, your ingredients – Huh. The way uh, a maestro control, controls an, an orchestra. You know, Larry, uh, thank you for picking that up because um, for me, especially like when I was doing television, a lot more television, my my goal, my connection um, wasn't so much with the camera. It was so much with the lens and what was in the lens, mm -hmm. which would be you. And I always wanted to encourage people to cook and not be intimidated to cook. So when I write a book, particularly Essential Emerald, even though that there are these fabulous dishes from around the world, the ingredient list, as you just said, is not intimidating. So there's not 62 items that you have to go search for because you want to cook Saturday night. I know. For and, your friends. And you're just thinking, this is never going to happen because I don't even know where to buy half of this stuff. Right. It's really, it's it's very warm, very approachable, but you do, you command your, you control your ingredients very nicely. How do you make sure, because this is something I've often wondered about chefs who achieve um, enormous success. How do you make sure that it doesn't become clinical? Because um, I've eaten food from certain yeah. chefs, and you and it had everything's there, right? Except the person's heart, right? And it tastes like nothing I really ever want to have again, right? It's probably the same reason that I'll explain of why why I don't have a restaurant in New York City. People ask me that all the time. For me, when I enter a space that I'm considering doing a restaurant in. It has to have heart and it has to have soul. Mm. Um, hiring an interior decorator is easy. There are a lot of them. It's just getting the right one that 
there's a match. So for me, it's the same thing about about cooking. Yes, it's all you know about taste and then presentation, sights and smells. But for me, that has to have heart and soul. And so I think that's what makes my food um, a little more special is because when I, when I cook a dish, when I take a bite of a dish, and my senses are telling me that I want another bite of that dish, mm-hmm. or five minutes goes by, and I'm going, God, I wish I had another bite of that dish, mm. or I can't wait to have that dish again, I've succeeded. Sure. That's a really nice feeling, I'll bet. Yes. I'll bet it's really lovely. Um, a, a, a question I'm sure you're asked very, very often, but I can't resist. What is your favorite ingredient to cook with? Um, you know, Larry, that really depends on the day. Yeah? Because I'm very inspired by the weather, the seasonality. I'm very inspired by the soil. So one day, to me, it could be just a potato. And then another day, it could be chicken. You know, so, but when I'm feeling chicken, I want it to be the best chicken that it possibly could be. Mm. So quality is important, but the way that it's handled and the way that you cook it and the way... My my food... And in this book, Essential Emerald, there's layers of flavor because it's, for me, my approach is just like building a house. If you have a strong foundation, then you can build another another layer, another level, first floor, second floor. And so my food is really sort of a building process through the, through the journey of that dish. So it starts very simple. Maybe it's just salt and pepper and a bay leaf, but then it's really extracting the flavors that you can extract from having great ingredients mm. so that the finished result is what I just said. It's like, mm, I want another bite of that of that chicken. So uh, the other thing, when, when you read the book Essential Emerald by Emerald Lagasse, which uh, we're, we're discussing here in The Jolt, um, the the passion for, for, for food as... Uh, as an item of, of nutrition, an item of pleasure, as an item of bonding, all these great things. How do you feel about the fact that in many ways, for many people, food has become an enemy? Well, you know, my friend Julia Child used to tell me that, you know, everything in moderation. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with butter. Well, you just can't eat two pounds of it a day. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, if it's humanely processed, there's nothing wrong with foie gras, there's nothing wrong with pork, there's nothing wrong with fish, there's nothing wrong with good vegetables. So in Essential Emerald, I try to touch upon that. Like, there's an interesting and delicious eggplant dish in there. Mm. A lot of people don't understand eggplant. It's a hard thing to cook. It is. and It's so good, though. Yes, and I worked for and with a man by the name of Roger Verger, who was from Provence. And this this man, he was a mentor. He had such a touch for when it came to vegetables, particularly eggplant. 
And I tried to do that dish as close as I possibly could in Essential Emerald as a tribute to Mr. Verger. What is there any item of food or ingredient that confounds you that you just think I can't I can't make this I can't make it work it's just I don't connect to it I I'm I'm not a I'm not a huge I I don't think in any of my books and I don't think except for an occasion I I'm I don't use a lot of awful um so you know I, I respect it and will try it. But as far as for my customers, like you're not gonna find some like blackened brains or something on, 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 on my menu, you know, or I mean an occasional sweetbread maybe, okay, but you know, you're not gonna find chicken hearts and coxcomb and stuff like that on, on on my menu. I appreciate it and respect it. Maybe if I was doing a very, very special tasting menu for you uh, and chatted with you about it, it's not that I don't know how to cook it. I just, it's it's not it's not my thing. It's sort of, whenever I hear those items that you mentioned, I kind of recoil a little bit. And, I, <laughs> and, 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 and for the obvious reasons, but also because I just don't, I just, I just, I guess I don't understand those items. Right. Even though I, I guess I respect that. There are certain things that are just and you're not delicious. A, and you're not alone. And, yeah. and the vast majority out there yeah. doesn't really understand them. You know, maybe maybe more of the European diner um, has been exposed to, to more of that than, than here in America. But I, I've had intellectual conversations with my, with my customers, and, and it doesn't come up. Uh, you know, a Vietnamese spring roll will come up more. Yeah. Then you know. Is there any kind of junk that you like to eat? Yeah. Can we ever find you like eating a bag of potato chips? That's my favorite. And but I mean like greasy, disgusting. Oh no, no. There's a brand. There's a brand in Louisiana. I mean, I mean yeah. like uts or well, something. Well, wait. Let me like, tell really you this, awful. Larry. You're gonna love this because there's a brand of potato chip in Louisiana called Zaps. Okay. I'm not, I'm not on the payroll. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mr. And Mr. Zappo, rest in peace. A little Gramercy, little town called Gramercy, Louisiana. There's a chippery there. They make these chips. Yeah. I like the plain, just a regular plain zaps. Yeah. And I put them in the freezer. Put them in the freezer? I put them in the freezer. And, what, and make this them harder? Is, you talk about that oil because yeah. they're fried in peanut oil. There's something that the freezer does to them. Then there's the crunch and the texture. See, but you're still doing it gourmet. <laughs> I want, I want like grease on your nose, Emerald. And there usually there is. <laughs> I want to see. I want a picture of you eating like a little Debbie or something. <laughs> something really like the basic. A fried Twinkie. A fried Twinkie. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll we'll settle for that. We'll settle for that. That's right. They have yeah. jalapeno. They have right exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, my favorite. The my, but you know, my favorite potato chips though are Walkers, and the British brand. Yes. Walkers crisps. They're the best. Yeah. I love them. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> and you know, us as 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 civilians, we're excited that today is uh, the first day of all day breakfast at McDonald's. Speaking of Greece. Okay. Speaking of Greece. I know. Uh, maybe we need to swing by there, Courtney. Okay. Yeah, right. I'll be following you with my camera. 
imagine Emerald pulling up to the the Mickey D's looking for like an egg? McMuffin? No, but you know what? I've already I've already told my husband there are two dishes I can't I, I can't wait for him to to cook the seared scallops, delicious, and the, so the shrimp stufi. Ooh, another so great good. dish. That looks like a perfect dish for for the weather that we're yes, about to have. Exactly, hearty, yummy. You know, you say that, Larry, but. 75 degrees going to be today. Yeah. If you can believe it. No wonder why now people are starting to, the doctors are happy because yeah, we're getting the, sick. Yeah. But I know. Uh, but the, yeah, you're absolutely, you're absolutely, the stufet <sighs> is. Stufet, I said it wrong. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm eating little Debbie, so forgive me. <laughs> no, it's kind of it's kind of a twist on an etouffee. Oh. See, I'm just thinking it's a very, it's a lovely stew. It is. And, it, and you were absolutely 100% the change in weather. That dish, my God. Yeah, with all the nice rustic vegetables, oh. right? So this good. corn bisque looks pretty groovy. Oh, gosh. Well, Emerald Lagasse, thank you for coming to <laughs> Thanks. see us. Thanks, Larry. Wonderful, Thanks, guys, for having me. Wonderful to hear uh, some of the philosophy and the, the art behind what you do. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you for sharing it with Thanks us. Thanks so much. The book is called Essential Emerald. Get it, get it, get it. It's a fascinating book. Two copies. One to read. Keep on your, de- on your, your desktop or your... Um, coffee table, and one to get dirty in the kitchen. Two copies. Stick around. There's more to come.